All right, welcome back everyone to Talk to Tatiana show. And today our special guest is Jackie Meyer of Meyer Tax, the concierge CPA. Welcome Jackie, so awesome to have you. Thank you so much, Tatiana. So Jackie, kind of introduce yourself in a sense that talk about what, who you are, what you do and how you're different. Sure. So I have owned a CPA firm for about a decade now called Meyer Tax, the concierge CPA. And um, we really hone in on the return on investment or ROI that we can provide our clients in tax strategies. So with every client engagement, we are making sure that we're getting them that ROI tangibly through tax savings, but also all of the intangibles that you can bring to the table for clients. And through that success, I was started to ask, people started to ask me to speak at their events and QuickBooks Connect. And um, my coach, my business coach at the time actually asked me to co-coach a group with him. And so Tatiana was actually, um, you know, you were one of our early students and quite the success story in the concierge CPA program. And then this year I decided to become a software developer. So I now have a tax SaaS application for accountants called Tax Plan IQ, and it allows any accountants out there to show their ROI in tax strategies. So I'm really trying to get the word out that, um, you know, we can be uh, an extreme value to our taxpayers. Awesome. Um, thanks so much for that introduction. So um, our topic kind of um, emerged for today as uh, decommoditizing services. Um, and I think that so many people kind of have that belief that certain services um, should be a commodity and should basically, um, I guess, compete on price. Um, what, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> oh, so much, so much. Okay. Um, so the U.S. government requires people to file tax returns every year, right? So there's all kinds of crazy compliance and regulations from the IRS that um, we have to abide by. And so I think that's what people think of in a, you know, tax firm is that we're really just helping them meet those minimum standards. Um, or maybe that's what people are used to from a CPA or EA firm is just, you know, making sure that you meet those minimum compliance standards retroactively. But there's so much more that we can bring to the table. And so um, competing on price will definitely get you a tax return done, but it won't be done well. And there won't be a lot of thought put into it. I guarantee that. So um, you really get what you pay for in our industry or just like any other. Um, and so with our value pricing, I tell people we actually are probably the most expensive accountant you've ever hired in your life, but we're also going to get you the highest ROI. And that tends to make people very happy. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And um, kind of, can you elaborate a little bit more on, um, how different uh, beyond the ROI, beyond, beyond the return on investment on accounting fees, um, what's the relationship that you have with clients is like as opposed to a traditional accountant? And talk a little bit about your firm, your, um, I guess, life, work-life balance um, in that also. Sure, sure. 
Um, so we have a lot of competitive advantages at our firm, and I know Tatiana, you do as well. So you know we're all about truly being the client's trusted advisor and almost being like you know a, a member of their family, so to speak, because we're helping them form family offices, we're helping them first pay their children out of their businesses, um, we're helping mold how they pay for college costs. Uh, there's so much that we do. Um, helping them with charitable charitable legacy planning. So, you know, we're always available. They have a project manager assigned to them to kind of be their liaison for the firm. You know, since I'm a little busy running three companies and uh, by the way, I'm doing a doctorate program in leadership right now. And um, so, you know, I'm not able to be at their beck and call every hour, but those project managers are and they know that's their responsibility. And so they bring information to me at any point uh, that I need to get involved. Now, every client also has my cell phone number. So they can actually text me if they have an emergency of any sort. And that rarely happens. But when they do, I sure appreciate it because I want to hear from them and I want to help them with those big decisions in life before they make them. If you wait till after they make them, it's really hard to kind of backtrack and, and do strategizing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's um, phenomenal. I mean, compared to a once a year type relationship that I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that most people have with their accountant, because I think there's still um, a small number of the us of the new generation accountants who work with less clients, but were the work is much more involved. Mm-hmm. Um have, you know, it's much, much more, much deeper than just once a year type, you know, get my taxes done thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we all kind of bring something unique to the table, um, just like we all have unique experiences in life. I know, Tatiana, you know, you're really awesome with um, business management more in general than I tend to focus on. You know, you're all about the profit first stuff, which is awesome. Um, and then startup companies. And I'm more in that like high net worth area where we're forming family offices and we're making sure that their legacy is taken care of. And so, you know, there's nothing better or worse between the two. But, you know, a client wants to ask very specific questions of their accountant when they're interviewing. You know, I'm really looking for cash flow advice here in my company. That's not a normal uh, accounting advisor option. And so you need to make sure that you're asking your accountant, do you actually do this? And what does that look like? Because anyone can say, yes, I do that. But at the end of the day, unless you, you know, they might end up charging you hourly for like, you know, nonsense. (laughs) Um, You know, you want to make sure that they actually know what they're doing, specialize in it and have confidence in that area. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I mean, um, I think that and it it just goes a little bit deeper than, than, um, than just doing taxes and just, um, kind of handling that aspect of things. It's, it's the support that the business owners usually need. Um, because honestly, unless you're a finance or an accounting professional, money is not natural. It doesn't come natural to you or profit doesn't come natural to you. Um, and most businesses, I mean, there's a reason that the profit first book is so successful is because people can relate to that survival trap that Mike Michalowicz calls it, uh, which is when you live from project to project, from payment to payment, and it never stops. It you know becomes stressful, becomes overwhelming, and you're burnt out for years. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, so in your practice, I mean, you work with mostly, uh, I guess, business owners and um, what have you, and I guess not worth individuals, is that correct? Well, so we're working with an individual that's high net worth executive. So, you know, they're maybe semi-retired, converted from being the CEO of a large public corporation to running their own consulting practice. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, our, our little cup of tea there. We work with less than 100 clients in that position, and we really hone in on all the tax strategies that we can provide in that area. Awesome. And what have you seen to be to ha- to be kind of most common issues wh- or maybe co- most common myths that that first time clients that come to you believe in? Uh, something that's not true and, and something that you help them change and shift their mindset and experience that that better relationship with their accountant. Yeah, I think clients oversimplify their own situation. Um, And I think they kind of minimize their situation. So, you know, we typically work with clients that have between five to 25 million in net worth. And once they get above that, they tend to want those like, you know, Deloitte's or whatever that are doing those full like family office things. But there's really an awesome uh, thing that you can do with people in that middle realm. And I think they feel a little out of place because they're like, I know that I'm secure for life, but I'm not, you know, one of those crazy fancy multimillionaires that's running around in boats and traveling constantly and whatever. So I probably don't need as much, you know, service as, as they do, but there's so much stuff we can do. I mean, the typical client, we're saving them hundreds of thousands in taxes every year just by helping them restructure and streamline their operations. And so it's really rewarding to be able to bring that to the table um, and then alleviate some of the stressors in their lives. I mean, our clients are used to a lot of stress, so they've already come in thinking, you know, I I know you're the expert in this, take it, run with it, do what you need. Um, but it's, it's really awesome to work with people that are just so smart um, and we're really successful in their field and us kind of, you know, uh, that the the knowledge that we bring the table from our different fields kind of crossing paths and really like maximizing what we can do for them. Awesome. That sounds really, really great. Um, and I like how you said that these folks kind of find themselves in the middle, kind of they want more than the bare minimum, but, but not as much as to have Deloitte, um, the Deloitte's of the world kind of um, handle their, their stuff. And, um, and it's interesting that that uh, you mentioned that because um, I wonder. Uh, I guess my question would be: Is there some sort of um, income threshold, or um, it, in your opinion? I mean, I have my own kind of thoughts, but I'm curious to know income thresholds kind of for people who would need um, a more than a bare minimum accountant, um, kind of a tax planner, tax advisor. Uh, for their business and their life? Yeah, great question. So to me, the higher your marginal tax rate, the more opportunities because the same small strategy of, let's say, we're able to um, add uh, deducting out-of-pocket medical expenses in their business, in their small business for $10,000 worth of deduction in a year. 
if someone's in like the 15% tax bracket, that's $1,500, which is okay. But if someone's in the 37% tax bracket, which is our current highest one and, and probably going up, that's what? 3.7K in tax savings alone. So I think, you know, the higher your marginal rate goes, the more um, that you save, the more bang for your buck, so to speak, with each strategy. But um, also, I think you have to make sure you're adding in self-employment taxes. So don't just take your individual tax rate. Take that plus, you know, whatever you're paying in self-employment tax or payroll taxes, because that can add up to quite a bit, even for someone that's not making a ton of money. Um, and where, what would you say would be the minimum um, number uh, where people would... Um, I guess, start looking into it. Because I think that, for example, I was talking to someone yesterday and uh, they mentioned um, that, you know, I mentioned that uh, they mentioned they have a business, an LLC. And I'm, you know, and I talked about saving them some money on some self-employment tax, but I said, listen, right now at your income threshold at $60,000 a year, uh, it may not be worth it. But, you know, what do you think that number would be? When is it, when do you think it's, worth it let's put it this way you know considering the filing fees for other entities and and maintenance and so on and so forth mm -hmm. yeah um that's a great question so i guess if we're talking about like a sole proprietor which you know is probably most um most people when they're first starting off they haven't really thought about what entity type to be or anything like that um if your self-employment taxes are like 5k or more I think you need to seek out some help because, um, you know, the cost for even us most expensive accountants can, you know, well, our firm for high net worth, you know, we might have like a 30K onboarding fee and then like 1500 a month, but a, a more minimum or reasonable package for someone that, you know, hasn't become a coach in the industry and um, all that, you know, you pay couple thousand dollars and you can still get the baseline savings and start getting some advice from someone that knows a lot more than you about it. Do you agree with that, Tatiana? I do. I do. I, I was thinking um, kind of along the lines of maybe uh, like $100,000 net yeah. um, as a starting point, because that's where um, the investment in an, in an advisor like us would make sense because then, you know, you actually do save money net, even with the fees and everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably a good threshold. If you're looking at gross income, 100K, if you're looking at like bottom line self-employment tax, say at least kind of like 5K, because there's so much that can be done there. And I hate to see people pay, paying self-employment tax when they don't have to. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Um, and so what have you seen kind of over the past, let's say four or five years since you've transformed your practice into a boutique has it been five years or has it been more um yeah it was almost five years yeah so what have you seen kind of as a transformation you know compared to what you used to work the clients that you used to work with and what they got and what they felt um compared to what you do now where a client goes through your firm and or works with your firm and the transformation that they experience you know when they first start, start, um, start out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I remember, I think the most dreaded feeling in the world, well, there's two, um, one that everyone's waiting for something from you at the last second, 
Um, and then two, you're sending an invoice and you just have this horrible gut wrenching feeling that the client is going to be super surprised because you send it after the fact of the service and you're like, oh yeah, it's hourly. Our hourly rates, 150, 200 an hour. But then you never really define for them what the limit is on that. Um, and they get that invoice and immediately respond in like panic. Um, so those are kind of the, the two major changes that I've seen in my practice that really alleviate stress from my team's side because I'm always trying to protect my team but then also from the client perspective. So with invoicing, we invoice up front and they know exactly what they're going to pay us for the entire next year. And then we have limits on how much we can increase their fees every year. It's currently 7% um, annual increase as a top limit for their engagement. Or if we're going to increase pricing, it's something that they're prepared for because we've, you know, added a new business into the mix or something like that. So they always know what to expect up front and that alleviates so much stress. And then the, you know, working at 3, 4 a.m. during busy season, thinking all your clients hate you because you told them you were going to do something a month and a half ago and you still haven't gotten it done. I just had a student going through this. She had returns past the extended deadline of 1015 that she was still trudging through. And it was just really a sad scenario. And I remember how horrible that feeling was. Um, and so we don't have that anymore. Where we have, I created kind of what's called, I call it my Domino's pizza tracker. So in our practice management system that we custom developed, by the way, we the client can log in anytime and see exactly where their project stands. And we also have, you know, turnaround times that we're going to ensure that we meet um, if, you know, when I first started my firm, it was actually two week turnaround time. And then it got really behind at certain points because I realized why no accounting firms guarantee a two week turnaround time. <laughs> um, but then we've actually gotten closer and closer back to that. It's not an exact science. We don't guarantee like two weeks, but we have internal processes that say, you know what, the tax preparation itself should take a week. Our review time should be a few days and then the secondary review another couple days. And so we're always proactively managing that relationship in every project. I wish that we'd been taught project management in school, um, but we weren't. And so I think that's why coaching is really important as well as, uh, you know, to, to expand our grasp of just numbers to a lot more things that we have to do as business owners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And would you say that probably the, I guess the two, at least that's what I could think of, the two kind of worst parts of working with the traditional accountant is that first, you don't know what to expect, not only in terms of billing, but it also in terms of turnaround and other things. But also, the, my, I guess, least favorite part was the surprises at tax time, kind of it's March, and you owe X, that to me, like, I actually had anxiety about delivering the bad news. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that's our like third thing that was the worst ever when you are telling your client on April 15th that they owe $50,000 and they had no idea. You're right. I like I forget some of this stuff because it's so like um, old fashioned in our firm now, but it's something that most people are still going through all the time. 
So, you know, we provide quarterly tax estimates to our clients to project out the whole year. And so, you know, within three months of the start of the year and then summertime, fall, year end, they know exactly what they're expected to pay the upcoming April. We minimize the payments that we can up front and, you know, kind of legally obviously manipulate the system to where they're perfectly overpaid and can start applying those to the next quarterly estimate. So um, that's so easy to do, but something that you can't find at a lot of firms because they're just too busy to go the extra mile. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Jackie, kind of as we wrap up here today, uh, what, how can people connect with you? Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, my website is JackieMeyerCPA.com. So that's M-E-Y-E-R. And um, I've got some Forbes articles that I like to push out to help the general public on little known new tax strategies. And then, of course, for accountants, we've got all kinds of offerings. We have my tax plan IQ. So even if you're not an accountant, tell your accountant about tax plan IQ because they can start using my tax planning software to show you their ROI. So you're welcome, accountants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jackie, thanks so much for, for appearing on the show. It's been great. Um, any last words for, for the business owners and aspiring business owners that you can share? Oh, gosh, just make sure that your passion and purpose are aligning. So, you know, I've known a lot of people that have a lot of passion, but other people don't necessarily understand and align with that purpose. So maybe someone really likes doing art for a living, but for some reason they can't figure out how to align that with something that people are going to pay a lot of money for. And so maybe converting that position into doing like photography where you can still have that artistic side to you, but there's such high demand for it. And there's ways that you can really make your services shine. So always think about your passion and purpose aligning to where you value things and then other people value in it yourself. And you will do amazing. So thank you, Tatiana, so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much, Jackie.